And now, more sports and torts with David Spada and Elliot Heron. With this week having the Baseball World Series going on, we're going to get to a guy who won three World Series with the Arizona State Sun Devils, Bobby Winkles. How did you start out with the White Sox? I was uh, uh, in college at Bloomington, Illinois, and uh, they had a scout there that invited me my junior year uh, to come to Chicago and work out with the White Sox. I, I hit 490-something that year, and and uh, at Illinois, uh, you know, I, I graduated from Illinois Wesleyan. Right. And so I went, and Paul Richards was the manager at that time, and uh, I got to take infield with the guys and everything, uh, got to hit batting practice with the extra guys, and Paul Richards was the manager, and so my weekend was over. My coach went with me, and uh, Coach Hornberger, because I told him I'm not going anywhere without you because I'm only a junior, and I've got another year, and I would have been the captain of baseball and basketball at Wesleyan. Uh, and... Uh, so we go and I work out and they had uh, a, uh, one of the regular guys came out too to pitch and uh, threw a while he was through harder harder than I could see and he hit me right in the back of the ribs and I jumped up got right back up and he got on the rail and I guess Paul Richards thought well this guy's maybe pretty tough so. I went. We went up to to the general manager's office. He said, the, "So I, I don't remember the uh, the uh, general manager at that time." And he and he said, uh, "We'd like to sign Bobby Winkles." And I said, "Well, I'm not doing the talking. It's Coach Hornberger." And they talked a little bit, and uh, I just sat there in the corner. And he then he said to Coach. Uh, coach said, you know, uh, we would not uh, think anything about signing unless it's for $10,000 or more. So the guy that was the general manager left the room, and I thought, hey, you've kind of messed this up. And <laughs> he came back with a, uh, uh, with uh, all written in that uh, we're going to, uh, here's the ten thousand, and we'll give him three hundred a month. Three hundred a month, and uh, he, he's our property. And my coach just about fainted. He probably should have asked for more. Yeah, well, he, he didn't. With ten thousand bucks back in that time, was a lot of money. Oh, exactly. So yeah. you played in the minor leagues for seven years. Was it tough knowing that you no. had a chance to go ahead? No, playing in the minor leagues, uh, some people think that, but it's an honor just to be able to play in the minor leagues. No matter how long you play or not, you can always say you played professional baseball. And uh, so I I went there, and uh, I enjoyed my time, and... uh, 
then Uncle Sam called me for two years, and I that was the that was the year after my first year. My Colorado Springs. I started out as that's where I started out in A ball. In those days, they had A ball, B ball, C ball, and D ball. And I got to skip the first three and start out with A ball. And that's how I got with the White Sox, and I stayed with them for seven years. Went to got the Triple A for parts of two of those years, and then realized that the Aparicio and Nellie Fox were a whole lot better than me, and they weren't that old yet. Oh, exactly. They were the cornerstone of their 15 that went to the World Series. Yes, that's correct. So what and made you so, decide to go into coaching? Well, I just wanted to be a coach all my life. That's all I wanted to do. And uh, so I had gone to the University of Colorado while I was playing and got a master's degree. And so Arizona State had an opening, and uh, I had helped out the my director's son. He was a pitcher, and I'd worked with him a little bit. At, at uh, and uh, so in Colorado, there. So he he said I went over to see him when I was with. Uh, Indianapolis and told him I was ready to get out. Our first uh, daughter was born and I, I had it put in seven years and I knew I wasn't going to make it. Uh, so with those two guys, so I got a call and the guy, his name was Clyde Smith, was the athletic, uh, athletic man. And I, uh, he told me, Bobby, I hear you're going to get out of professional baseball, and I'm looking for a young guy. I was only uh, 68 at the time, and uh, so he, I said, okay, okay. Uh, and uh, went to Arizona State and had no baseball field, so I built one. Did you know that when you went there, they didn't have a baseball field? No, that was the funny part of it. We're, I, I'm Jim, Ellie, and I, and uh, and uh, Kelly. Uh, they they were still in bed, and I jumped up about four or five o'clock, run around, looked when we got in there. And look, I'm looking for the baseball field. I'm walking all over the place. Only 10,000 students then. And uh, so, Dave, I just uh, walked in and this. I said, Mr. Smith, I don't see a place uh, for a baseball field. I can't find the field. And he looked at me with a little grin and says, Bobby, I forgot something. What's that, sir? He I forgot to tell you. You're going to build it. How long did it take for you to get a field built? Oh, it took about, uh, we built the field in, in about uh, September, October, November, December, January, February. Seven months. So were players, was it hard attracting players to a new uh, college to play? Because Arizona was established, you had USC, UCLA, but no one knew about ASU for baseball. That is correct, and uh, we and I knew we was going to have a little hard time because I didn't have any scholarships. 
And uh, then as my my uh, second year there, because I came there in September, so it was too late to get any help for the guys that came out. I didn't even recruit anybody. I I just came directly from Indianapolis to uh, to uh, Lakeia to uh, to Arizona, and uh, so we we didn't. Uh, we didn't have we didn't we didn't have the material, but we we had some pretty good guys that were just there playing beforehand. Uh, but but uh, David was not a uh, they didn't play in the conference or anything. So we played in the safe first conference game, and uh, uh, we played Pepperdine the first time ever, and. Uh, that's how I got. That's how we got the field. A guy named Bob Swab, S W A B. Uh, Bob Swab and I uh, put that field together. He was the uh, the grounds grounds crew for the whole for the whole uh, university. How long did it take before ASU started giving scholarships to baseball players? It was uh, my second year. And I, all I had was, uh, had, uh, tw- 12 room and boards and meals. That's it. I mean, uh, room and board and books. Room, room and books. And our guys had to work for their meals. And, and their tuition had, wasn't covered. Yeah, tuition and, and, uh, that, excuse me, tuition and, uh, and the room. Uh, they they got that, and then they nobody got that. But they got a half scholarship. Rick Mundy didn't get one. Didn't get a full scholarship. Sal, Sal Bando didn't get a full uh, uh, scholarship. Was it tough getting players that you couldn't get full scholarships? Well, I had the, my background was, uh, I guess you could say, the, the guys that kind of the fact that I had played seven years of uh, pro pro baseball that kind of, and then I had everybody trying to help me. I mean, they wanted to get the program going, and uh, a math teacher uh, ran a little little. Uh, Ran a little, little league or so whatever it is, uh, and then he brought. He came in and saw me a year later after starting. You know, they can get a room and board, and said he had some good players on his team in Ohio, and that's where. Uh, that's where four four good players came from there. Sal Bando. And uh, a catcher, and they all were good players, and that was our start, big start. And then you got Rick Monday, which helped too, and Reggie Jackson. Well, yeah, Rick, we got Rick Monday and Sal Bando and Reggie Jackson. Uh, Bando and Reggie and uh, Rick was on the first national championship, and they both signed after that, so that was gone. And Reggie was a year younger than. And uh, two years younger than Sal, and one year uh, younger. So did Reggie get a did Reggie get a full ride or no? 
Did who? Did Reggie get a full scholarship? Or was he half also? No, he got a. He was a, a football player. He got a football scholarship. He was. He was the first team in the conference. He made the first team in his sophomore year. How did you convince Frank Cush to let him play baseball? I didn't. I, I, uh, Reggie's a smart guy, very, very intelligent. And when he signed, he really wanted to play baseball, but I didn't know anything about him. And so Frank Cush, one of his scouts, saw him playing football and told him how good he was. And so Frank gave him a full scholarship because he had like 80 full scholarships and uh, gave him a scholarship so he, in football, so he always had his scholarship. I heard Reggie didn't like to get tackled, and that's why he decided to play baseball. It was a lot easier on him than football. He liked to didn't do what? He didn't like to get tackled. That's why he wanted to play baseball. It was a lot less oh, he didn't. He he wasn't a running back. He, <laughs> he heard some bad stuff. He, he was the middle guy in the def- on defense. And he was all conference his sophomore year. A lot of stories about Reggie that some people doesn't think he's didn't think he was very oh, understanding when he was uh, after he got out of college because he became a an actually a baseball ace uh, as soon as he did. But Reggie Jackson was great to me, and to me, was like a son. And he listened to me, and he listened to Frank Cush. If you ever read his book, or one of his books, he's got four or five, he'll always mention Bobby Winkles and Frank Cush. Was football and baseball treated equally at ASU when it started, or did football get more preference? Oh, football was way ahead of us. They were they were running winning conferences and they were they were very good. So, uh, but to be truthful with you, we were the first, the the group that made Arizona State well known because of winning those three three national championships in five years. Then everybody got to know about who was that team that did that. I mean, you built a national champion for what, six years and starting? We, we were there six years, and then uh, we won in 65, 67, and 69. And I came here. What was the key to your success? Was it getting the right players? Was it your coaching or a combination? Yes, it was It was help from scouts and everybody. Once you've played pro ball, and scouts know who you are because I played as high as AAA two years. And uh, they want to help somebody that uh, they think if a guy can't, can't, uh, won't, will not go to college because uh, his parents won't let him or something, and that was before the draft. And uh, so they helped me. They tell they told me who Monday was. Uh, they told me who a lot of players were. And I just called the players, and the players would come to Arizona State on a half scholarship and a job. We ever able to get full? Oh Go yeah, ahead. I got I got twenty full ones after we won in Omaha. What was it like winning that first World Series? 
Oh, you can't you can't explain it. You can't just here I was, just uh, thirty years old. And I was twenty eight when I got there, and I was only thirty three, and uh, playing against those older coaches, and that was fun. Was there any competition between you and Frank Cush? No, no, we, my baseball, my football, baseball players, some of them played for him. And he is, he had three or four guys that played for me. Frank Cush is a jewel. He was you tough can't though. Everything, he you, you can't believe everything you hear in sports. No, you're right. I mean, I talked to Frank Cush last year and he was talking about that bull ring throw. That thing was tough. He was a tough coach, but he got the best out of his players. Well, I was too. You didn't. I was the boss, and they knew it. So, the fact that they had to run as much as they did, they may they call me as something afterwards. But after they got out, and all of them and and got all of them got good jobs, and they're all right now seventy five, seventy eight years old. They still call the old man and say, "Hey, coach, how you doing?" and How's Ellie doing? And because Ellie and I have been married 62 years, she's a so saint. It's, uh, it's been a nice life. Who was the best player you ever got? I, I, I don't answer those questions. Is there a player you missed that you wish you got? Is there one that got away? Yes. Well, I wish Monday hadn't gotten away, and I wish Reggie hadn't gotten away, and I wish Bando hadn't gotten away. The draft got all those guys, and I had to find replacements for them, and that's just about impossible, Dave. How did you end up deciding to become a major league manager? Because the major league, uh, they when you get out of it, you know, and you get uh, you get your pension. You get a college pension, you might get 30 bucks a year. Well, you get out of, uh, if you can get eight, ten years in, in professional baseball, you get, you get in at 80, 80,000. And it kind of, yeah, that can work up from us a little bit from that. But from not, so it takes a longer time for coaches, managers get, and the players get the most of it. But that's, I just talked with Ellie and I said, you know, we're not going to do anything but stay here and, and win a bunch of of uh, uh, World Series because uh, we're still we we still got we could get good players anytime we wanted to if they didn't sign. And I said, if we go into baseball, their pension plans quite well. And she said to me, "Whatever you think, Bobby, that's what we'll do." So we picked up our three girls and uh, we headed for California because the angels came by and said they wanted me to manage their triple a team heck i got a triple a team here and then they finally said well would you be a coach and i ellie and i talked about that and i said i think i can get 10 years in and uh she said okay bobby if that's what you want to do so that's how we got to the big leagues they came and got me. I didn't ask for it. What was Gene Autry like to manage for? He's a wonderful guy. Just a lot of great stories, and uh, but he uh, he thought he they could win without spending money. And when he found that out, then 
they started winning, and it's too bad he wasn't around for the World Series because he died. Uh, but uh, he he never interfered with anybody. The general manager was probably more of a boss than he was. You had a pretty good starting pitcher in Nolan Ryan. Yeah, I did have a pretty good. He pitched his first two no-hitters when I was his manager. And uh, he just was the hardest-working guy I've ever seen in baseball. And uh, so you'd have to say, and he's, he's uh, written a chapter for my book. So, and Monday's... Because he, he was a young guy with the Mets, but he never unharnessed his talent until he went to the Angels. What he didn't throw strikes enough for them. Like Sandy Colfax. Sandy yeah. Colfax had the same problem. Yes, they did. And he got there, and we had a, a pitching coach by the name of Tom Ellie. What's Tom's last name, a pitching coach? Uh, Morgan? Tom Morgan. And he would, uh, what, re, re, I mean, uh, uh, give me a minute here. That's fine. Take your time. Okay. Uh, no, Nolan would stand out. To, he opened up too fast, and Tom would uh, stand right behind him. And once in a while, he'd come stepping on because he opened his left foot too much. And he got him to get the left foot aimed at the home plate, and then it was all over for a lot of teams. So Tom Morgan gets a lot. As a matter of fact, Tom passed away, and uh, and uh, I've got no. And Nolan came to to his funeral from wherever he was. Then you went on to manage the A's, and you had a couple. Well, of I went on to manage. Or... Yeah, I went on to manage the age, A's, uh, and uh, the, all the guys were gone. But what happened is I got, when I got fired from the Angels, 10 days later, Finley called me and uh, said, Bob, I'm firing my third base coach. I need you here, and uh, we're going to New York tomorrow, so be here and be ready to get on the plane. <laughs> so I did. And I played, I got a ring for 1974, and the guys gave me, it was later in the half at the, the guys voted me a half a deal of the World Series money. And at that time, it wasn't much. And you know what? You had Sal Banda was on that team and, Reg and Reggie and Rick Monday? Yep. So it was your guys who were winning for him? Well, they had all good players. It wasn't, it wasn't just those three guys, I'm telling you. Campy Campanaris was a great player. And Dick Green was a great second baseman. Uh, you know, and John Rudy was a great left fielder. Uh, you had Catfish you know, Hunter. Catfish, and we just, we just, we, we were too powerful for anybody. So how did you end up getting the A's job, the managing job? Well, uh, Finley fired Jack, uh, or Dick Williams? No, Jack McKeon. Oh, Jack McKeon, you're right. Yeah, because, uh, and, uh, he, he, uh, 
wanted to hire me as the manager because we'd all been fired when Alvin Nard got fired after we, after a little problem with of uh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Chuck uh, Charlie Finley didn't want to spend a lot of money either, like Audrey. No, he did, he he didn't want to spend money, and so. Uh, well, he he fired McKeon for something, and then he came with me. And two years later, we were nineteen and five to start out the season. And uh, I couldn't take any more of him, so Ellie and I talked again, and I said, "We need to get out of here." So she said, "Okay." So we were leading the league, and I got out of it then, and it was a good thing I did. I lost some money, but other than that. Isn't it hard to quit a team when you're 19 and five? No, not if the manager's a horse's rear end. You. <laughs> I don't blame you because I mean you had some good young talent on the A's when you left. Nope. Now we had some when I left them. They lost 99 games, starting out 19 and five. Because they didn't realize what the how important the manager was. Well, no, it, 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 they, they were, they were just, they were all playing good is what it was. Then you went back to where you started with the White Sox. Yep. I went with the White Sox. Stayed with them six years. Montreal, eight years. Who was the White Sox manager when you went back with the White Sox? Was Uh, it La Russa? Don Kessinger. Kessinger? Okay. Yeah. And of course, in August uh, or July or something, he he couldn't play, and I was kind of his. I was kind of a, uh, I guess you could say, I was an assistant manager. Uh, I, I made all the spring training things, and they got him to try to haul, you know, to call in a few more people because he was with the Cubs. And we weren't drawing very well. And so he finally just gave it up. Were you, ever offered the cha- were you ever offered the chance to manage the White Sox? No. I never asked you, for you, it either. Who, so I never asked for you, the job, so I don't know if I'd have been fired or not. I mean, if I'd have been hired or not. Could you ever imagine Tony La Russa would have become as successful as he was? I worked for him three years. As a third, a third base coach and uh, another five years as a director of player, devel- player development, and he is a very smart person. It's because he's a lawyer. Yeah, that doesn't make him smart, but it makes <laughs> you cunning. Then you you built up the Expos farm system. You, did, you got some great players with them back in the 80s. We had a good team. Yes, we did. Just in a little, a little short on pitching. We we were two games behind St. Louis with uh, like four games to play, and we couldn't catch them to be in the playoffs. Who was your biggest find when you were at the Expos? I don't I don't know. Is there a player that you found that you thought, boy, this guy's going to be great, and he turned out to be even better? I didn't have anything to do with who who who's picked. That was with the I was the. Uh, I was in charge of the uh, 
for the for the for the uh for the uh god dang it um, i was uh, ju- uh for the for the uh for the white sox see i i i took a job with them to to try to start the minor leagues so i've been around and always had a good job how do you feel now that another ASU manager is managing the big league with the Padres? In, uh, yeah, Bob I know it. How about that? Oh, I'm 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 happy for for him because uh, he was uh, he was always good to me when he came in and uh, when I left uh, uh, and he we he he drove over for three or four hours and and uh, Murph is a good guy and I think he, uh, I hope he'll do all right. I feel bad for him, though. He never could win that big game at ASU. Could not do it. I think he, he was won. there seven, 17 years and went three or four times, and they just couldn't get their pitching, pitching well enough. Because you won, like you said, three. And your predecessor, he won, what, one or two? He, no, he won two, and that's, uh, that's all they've won. They haven't won since 1981. When's your book coming out? It's gonna it'll probably come out in the next uh, month or two. I'm not gonna try to do too much in the off season because the most copies I probably will sell will be at Arizona State and uh, with the Angels people. And we don't we don't have uh, anyone yet cut down to do the to do the work. But if he doesn't, we're just gonna go and sell do it. Reggie it's Jackson's done. a good Reggie Jackson, you should have him promoted. He's a great promoter. Well, he he wrote the Reggie wrote the first uh, chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you still golfing with um Frank Cush? Frank Cush, I I haven't lived in Arizona for for uh since 1958. So you and Frank still get together? No, Frank is uh, is uh, like me, only worse. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I don't get there very very often because I can't drive with bad eyes, and I can't hear very well. So uh, I only go back for really big uh, big events once in a while. And uh, to tell you the truth of it, and how how great I feel about it is one of my players picks me up in Blythe, one of my old players. They take me in where the where the traffic and stuff is, and they, they bring me back to Blythe. That's a great way. They the, Your players love you. Well, they they say that quite a few times, and I'm, I'm proud of that because they had to tell the guy. They had to become men when they left here. Another great show today with Baseball Hall of Famer Milo Hamilton and former ASU coach Bobby Winkles. I learned more baseball today probably than a lot of people learn in their lifetimes. I want to thank our producer Dave Olson for another job well done. Thanks for listening to Sports and Torts here on TalkZone.com.